Good morning. So if you're here in person or joining online, we're going to start with a question. Who here has ever felt angry, afraid, embarrassed, ashamed, blamed, stressed, distressed, oppressed, repressed, or alone. And just raise your hand if you have felt any of those things. Me too. And that puts us in a place to receive the good news. We are like Nicodemus, if we are any of those things. And if we are any of those things, or have ever been any of those things, then we are, like Nicodemus, ready to receive a revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what is the revelation that Jesus gives to Nicodemus? He says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. But how do we live so that we can begin to live that eternal life now, so that when we reach eternal life, it's not a surprise or something startling, but something that we're already accustomed to living, or else it will be miserable think it has something to do with what St. Paul says in Ephesians when he says, we are God's handiwork. Other translations say, we are God's work of art. The word that St. Paul uses in Greek is poiema. Poiema. What does that sound like? Poiema. What? Poiemon? Poiemon? Yeah. I think it's the root of our word poem. So we are God's poem. So if we're God's poem, it means we're something put together, fashioned, made beautiful out of different things, and constructed into something that's beautiful and orderly and, and even powerful. But if we're God's home and we're his handiwork, who is the main force behind our life? Is it us? What do you think? No, it's not. We're not the main force of our life. Brother Mickey McGrath painted that, but the main force of that painting, it's the reason it exists, is Brother Mickey McGrath, not the painting. Okay, so here's another question. Who here has been pregnant? Okay. Everybody raised their hands for the first question, but not for the second one. That's fine. Uh, So, 
A question for those who have been pregnant. When you were pregnant, what did you do to make sure that your baby grew? Eat well. Eat well. Exercise. Exercise. Take vitamins. And pray. Pray. Yeah. Other things? See your doctor. See your doctor? Yeah. That makes sense. So I've never been pregnant before, so I'm relying on your expertise. So another question. When you were pregnant, what did you do to make sure that your baby grew toes? Really? Do you mean to tell me that you were pregnant for nine months and you didn't do anything to make sure your baby had toes? Then how did your baby get toes? What did you say? From God? Yeah. God has worked in the natural order. We can provide the raw material. Uh, but there's this other force that's intrinsic to it, that's added to it, uh, that creates things that we couldn't create on our own. This is what our whole spiritual life is like. We are not the protagonist. God has fashioned us. We can bring raw material to the situation, but we can't make everything out of it. We need God's grace added to make it whole, and to make it holy. This is why Jesus says to Nicodemus, right before the part that we read, everyone must be born of water and the Spirit. We're all born once, and in that situation, there's raw material that's added with the order that's natural to it, and with God's grace, and something new and beautiful is formed, but this has to keep happening in our lives. If we think we are the ones who run the show, if we think we are the ones who are in charge, we will go nowhere or we will go all sorts of other places, but we won't go where God desires us and where he can reach us. So in our life, where his handiwork, we may think that we know all our plans or where we belong. We may be filled with uncertainty or grief. We might wonder, God, how can you ever do anything with this situation in my life? What do you want from me out of this? Why do I feel this way about this thing that's happened to me? Or what's my future? But he is the poet, and we're there to be words who are written, constructed, put together into something beautiful, and that is what can save and heal us. But we might wonder, did that happen to Nicodemus? Jesus says this stuff to him. Great, Jesus says this stuff to us. That doesn't mean it happens. Doesn't mean it goes anywhere. And in fact, John does something very strange in this passage. Nicodemus asks Jesus these questions. Jesus gives him a big, long answer. Jesus finishes. And the next line is, and then Jesus went off with his disciples, blah, blah, blah. So you don't find out what happened to Nicodemus. Did his life actually change? Or is this just theoretical? So 
This happens two chapters into the Gospel of John, and there's only one other time that Nicodemus is mentioned in the whole New Testament, two chapters from the end of the Gospel of John. We'll read these words on Good Friday. Jesus is taken down from the cross. Joseph of Arimathea asks Pilate for permission to take the body of Jesus and put it in the tomb. And the next sentence says, And Nicodemus, who first came to Jesus at night, also came, bringing with him aloes and myrrh to anoint the body, aloes and myrrh weighing about a hundred pounds. So something did change in Nicodemus' life. Something in his heart awoke. He realized that he could not be the author of his own life. And so he came to be with Jesus' body. Let us, this week, through the rest of Lent, commend ourselves to the Lord, who is the only one who can be our anchor, our firm support, and our final end.